Welcome back. Welcome in. This is Country Roads Confidential at Earsports.com, a Paramount podcast. I am Mike Casaza, welcoming in Chris Anderson. It is the week of the spring game here in Morgantown, Chris. A whole lot going on in, in multiple sports, baseball, football, basketball. We could spend an entire episode doing just the introduction of the episode, or we could pay that bill that's been due for a while on the Q&A and just jump right into it. Jump right into it. Jump right into it. One question for you, and we'll go, and I'll fire off the first question. Oh, okay. Basketball or football? You mean like which do I like more? Or was that which better? Which one do you want to discuss first? Uh, let's do basketball. Okay. All right. Let's see here. You threw me off. I was certain you were going to say basketball. Mm-hmm. Glad you okay. asked. Uh, or football. I mean, um, all right. This one from EarsFan03. Interesting question, because over the weekend, West Virginia picks up a commitment from junior college big man Jimmy Bell. Um, some uh, Several questions in here, so I'm kind of just taking this one from EarsFan03. But in the days of free transfers in the portal, why is this staff slash program still focusing on junior college recruiting over D1 transfers? Mike, your thoughts on... The Juco push. I, I think he focused, the other part was it, taking three junior college bigs in one class. Two are first team All-Americans. Good point. So I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. Now, granted, they have to produce here, and, and I just don't know. And let's be frank. If you look at the, the Huggins era, which is almost exclusively with the coaches who were still on the staff that were at the beginning, it's the history of junior college bigs here. It's not very good. So I think you can definitely arch your brow here a little bit on this one. What's curious to me is that they had, let's just say, like a, a Project E big from junior college who quite likely was not going to be a major impact in the upcoming season, had multiple years of eligibility, but was going to have to work hard and develop, which, again, have not seen that here. And they said thank you, but no thank you to Federico Federico. And they took Jimmy Bell, who is a projecty kind of junior college big who may not give you a whole lot this year, but does have time to develop, which you frankly haven't seen from junior college bigs in this program. So there's certainly reason to be suspicious here. To answer the question um, is also to ask the question, like, why do they keep doing this? Like, why do they keep going into the, the, the junior colleges when they can get more immediate or more seasoned help? Don't know. Um, I believe they had a relationship with Bell before. Um not great in his freshman year or even his second year, especially at St. Louis did get better or at least like looked better, played better, maybe more dominant, but I wouldn't say he was a great player or a dominant player in junior college, but 6'10, 280 for a team that did get pushed around and was a little bit light in the post last year. That's what they didn't have. And now they do have it. He's not like the 6'10, 212, 218 pound guy that you have seen in different junior college, uh, uh, matriculation so it's a different look but is there someone like this out there who's at a group of five or a power five probably and is bell's experience so much at st louis to differentiate him from a junior college player i wouldn't think so so um i don't know what the great answer here is except that they've done this before they've used junior college players before um and it's familiar to them and they can get a relationship and they can get somebody without having to work too hard to do it Timing is something of the essence here. If you can get an easy one that you think you can develop, you do it. And and that's probably the best way I can explain it. I don't, it's not a great answer though. Do you have one? 
I don't. I, I would like to start off by putting it like when we say three junior college bigs, I think it's it's we need to clarify that Pat Sum- yeah. Sumnik is is different. Like that that's like a forward. That's a four. I don't want to say he, I don't want to lump him in the same boat as Bell and Wagyu. And I'm with you everything you just said there cuz my thought was once they got Wagyu, okay, you're good there. Um maybe not good as as far as big men go, like maybe still adding another big man, but I kind of assumed and thought maybe the next move after adding Waggy was okay. Now they're going to go look in the transfer portal for a big. Uh, and again, what's what's the difference between a transfer and a bounce back? Because that's that a uh, bounce back being what Bell is somebody who went and played Division One ball. Went back, instead of sitting out a, in the old days when you had to sit out a year, you you would instead go to junior college, play a year, and then quote bounce back two division one athletics. Um, and, and that's kind of what Bell is obviously didn't have to sit out a year, but he chose to go to junior college for a year uh, and, and then come back out. So what's, what's really the difference there. And and then follow up. What's the difference if it's going to take two years. And I think we've seen that with a lot of junior college players at West Virginia, that it takes two years to figure it out or, or until your second year to figure it out. Why take a one year guy if it's going to take them until the second year to figure it out. Now, I know everybody wants to get that everything figured out and turned around in year one. But if you just keep taking one year guys that need two years to figure it out, you're just going to be perpetually trying to figure it out. So I I don't hate it. I did think I would have gone another direction. And it's nothing against Bell. I think it's like, you know, if, if Bell had committed first instead of Wagyu, then maybe I'd be sitting here going, uh, do they really want to take Wagyu now, now that you have Bell? Um, so maybe it's just a timing issue. I do like Wagyu a little more. Again, as you noted, first team All-American. Bell, a little more of a project, a big guy that needs to, you know, cut down on his weight and get a little more athletic if he really wants to make an impact at this level. So it's okay. I'm fine with it. But I, I did think they were going another direction. I just I just don't think it's as bad as a lot of people were making out. Is uh. O'Banner, a good reminds you of for Sumnik. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Trying to, trying to think of people that they may have actually seen this year. Um, kind of a perimeter guy who can rebound and can play inside. And shoots it a little bit. Actually became a pretty good shooter. Didn't shoot it very well earlier on, but uh, shot it better at the end of the season. And also has some has some Division One experience. He started at Robert Morris. So again, someone else they weren't completely unfamiliar with either. Yeah, yeah. For those. O'Banner being the guy from Texas Tech for those listening. Mm-hmm. Um, and he where was he before Tech? Was it Oakland? Oh, Oakland. Mm. Right. Or is it Oral Roberts? Oral, Oral Roberts. Roberts. Oral Roberts. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say I think it was a no. Um, but yeah, that I think that's I don't want to say best case scenario, but if you told me that Sumnick came in and averaged ten and ten and five or whatever it was, I'd say that that's a good pickup. So I'm I mean, if you if you can get a first guy, first year guy coming in averaging ten and five. Probably pretty happy about it. Mm-hmm. Um, more basketball. This one from Yidio10. Is this roster, as it is currently constructed, an NCAA tournament team? No. Okay. I agreed with a, not a caveat, but a little a little asterisk. As currently constructed, 
if it were trying to play the same way that West Virginia played last year. I think yeah, you might have done to get it, though. Yeah, not done either. And if they're changing their philosophy a little bit, you might be able to finagle your way into the NCAA tournament this coming year. If, if you really just kind of embrace the roster that you have and adjust it, as we've noted, maybe not full, full press Virginia, but take on that more mentality. And <laughs> I hate to say it, a lot of 46, 42 kind of games, then maybe you can sneak your way into the NCAA tournament with that team. Yeah, I think so. If they try to, I don't want to say reinvent the wheel, but if they want to, they want to make it square again. I guess is the best way I would put it. They're yeah. they're going they're going in that direction. If you're thinking about a team that played four out, five out, or or however you want to describe it, this past season and a half, let's say, not going to happen. But they're not going to play that way either. I think that they tried that and it hasn't worked. I, I could see them having different offenses and different defenses and different personnel for. Um, within the same week uh, in the conference, whatever, just because they're going to have they're going to have a, a purpose for a need for all 13 people that they have on scholarship, I think. Like Bell, for example, there may be games he doesn't play or play much, and there may be, may be games where he's just there and he's just giving Eddie Lampkin trouble under the basket. And then is that worth the scholarship? I don't know, maybe. But if you don't want to lose the TCU or if you want to sweep or split TCU, don't want to lose the TCU at the Coliseum for the first time ever, eh. Having like a 280 pound roadblock there, that might be that might be helpful, but that's gonna be more toward the like back to the basket, you know, two bigs, let's rebound, let's maybe press or whatever, extend the defense, let's our second shot is our best shot, stuff like that. Bell did have good offensive rebounding numbers, so did Wagyu. Turn back the clock a little bit. So yeah, if they're gonna change the way they're going, I think that's probably it. And again, they have one left, and there's there's names out there that I just I'm not paying a lot of attention to right now because I don't think that's where they're going. I think they're going something different or something bigger we don't know about yet. But they still have one left. They can do something with it to either fill in what they're trying to do or give them a little bit of flexibility. So maybe they are a little bit more perimeter prone, or maybe they can get some more points or or baskets than than what you see on paper right now. Because what you see kind of a deficit in scoring and especially shooting where they were last year. All right, related J Mole 1989. Uh, well, this is for basketball and football, but let's focus on basketball right now. A letter grade for the offseason, and what can they do to improve their grade for basketball? It's, it's. Hmm, I mean, a lot. I guess don't I say, probably don't say incomplete. No, no, don't no, say well, incomplete. I guess you have to hold Bridges and Cottrell against them. Right. So... That's that starts off like you lose a letter grade at least there, and to me that's big. So I would start off with a C, and I like I like what they're what they're probably doing with Tucson and Stevenson and and Wagyu and Bell. I'm not so sure about that. Doesn't that doesn't make me change my grade positively or negatively? He seems like an incomplete, but I don't know if it gets into an A. But they still have the one left. They can get to an A by doing it. I know they have great recruiting or transfer portal rankings right now. It's an odd system that they have. It's actually our system too. So it's quantity quality is kind of a hard thing to gauge there. But um, I would I would go B right now with a chance to be A, but also by the time they roll the ball out, maybe it's not quite a B either. Football, I have a hard time saying it's not a win right now. And but again, you have to count the losses and and the ones that really sting to me when you look at what they don't have are are Porter, Fortune, Matthews, especially Mesador. They're thin at receiver. I'm not sure how great Esdale and Ryan were going to be, but you'd like to have one or both of them back. So you start, you know, probably a couple of letter grades back there. But Harrell's a big one. 
Kobe looks like it's going to be a keeper. Floyd looks like a starter. And Daniels, and I said this before, like the one thing I had to do was get the offense better when you get the quarterback because you got the offensive coordinator. I don't, man, I don't, I don't know how you don't go A except for the losses. I go B plus, maybe A minus. I can't believe you. I said that. <laughs> what, what a homer. <laughs> and the, it, it's hard for me, but it's hard to it's hard to not go that way when I put so much into fix the offense, fix the offense. And and by and large, I mean, if you look at Dixon, um, Aaron's coming in, Bram's coming in, that might help out the receiver thing, but like that's still TBD. But the Daniels thing, I just think, has a chance to help out a whole lot. And again, you don't get him if you don't get Harold, and you got Harold because your offense had to be fixed. So good for them. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I'll start there then. I, I agree 100%. The, the best and biggest way to turn around something in your program is to get a stud quarterback and to get somebody who can score points, uh, who can construct an offense that scores points. And West Virginia nailed both of those. Or it seems that they nailed both of those. And so I'm with you. They Even with all of the losses, and they lost a ton, and we've gone over it. I've, I put out the numbers. I mean, it's I think I stopped counting when it was like nearing 6,000 snaps worth of transfers. So it's it's not, you know, a flawless offseason. But adding a five-star, a former five-star quarterback with some success at the Power 5 level and a, a, one of the more sought-after offensive coordinators in the country, like that erases a lot of losses. So I think I'm with you in the, in the B-ish range because I think – those losses in the secondary, they are because we'll see. I like I really like the Marcus Floyd addition. I really like the Jasir Cox addition at that spear spot. But if they can add one or two more that are at least parallel with their losses or an improvement, potential for an improvement, then it's gonna be an A for me, even with all the losses that they had. Because I think that's that's the big spot that they're missing right now is that secondary, obviously. And and it hurts losing some of those young guys that were already contributing uh, on basketball. Yeah, I think a, like a C plus right now. And if you can get one more good addition on on the wing, especially, you could move into B territory. I mean, you could move into A territory in basketball if you get a stud. Um, I just how many studs are out there right now on the wing that West Virginia has a realistic shot at? Not many. So I think it's realistic for West Virginia to try to for basketball to get into a B range for me for their offseason moves. I agree. All right, then let's switch to football. Well, this is kind of related. This was from SJJSWVU4. He said, since the clock hit zeros of the bowl game, has Neil Brown been perfect? I think it's a little strong, but he says, Define it however you want, but outside of players making decisions on their own, what more could Neil Brown have done up to this point with the stuff he has level of control over? I, I just, <laughs> I understand the point about players making up their mind. There's so much you can do, and he obviously illustrated the Akeem Mesidor thing. But retention and development is massive and you, you have to find a way like you have to beat back the portal it's just the job description has changed and that's that's a sports writer sermon on the mount kind of thing easier said than done how do i know i haven't done it i get that but that's a reality like you you just have to do it now and it, it's not just him either but like a lot of coaches have been hit and there are some schools and some coaches who are more vulnerable when your team is under 500 for three years and you are 
I mean, even even now, I would say like people would say that he's he's on a seat that's warm. It's hard. Like people don't want to like go through a coaching change or have to go through a miserable season where a coach is letting it grip. And if you have one chance to go one season and, and finish it your way, yeah, you're gonna do that. But you can't keep moving forward if you're taking steps sideward, sideways and backward. And you got to keep people on the roster. So not perfect. Uh, I would say extremely productive and. I can be bribed, Chris, like <laughs> practice time and impromptu news conferences and player availability. Like, I, I think that they have opened up their arms a little bit. And and that's not just a me thing. Like, I think you would say that his, I don't know, his his Q rating or whatever has gone up because people know more about this team. Like, I actually feel like there's excitement about the spring game for the first time in a long time. We we're talking about canceling this game, not even playing it. It wasn't even their 15th practice in Brown's first year. They had like a weightlifting session for his 15th practice their first year. Like the, the spring game was just an eh thing. And now it's kind of in eh a little bit this year because the quarterback thing, I think there's still going to be a lot of attention on the offense and the defense and even the quarterbacks on Saturday too because you know more about this team. Like people have seen and heard and read and learned more about it too. And I think that's part of the growth or the, the, the I don't know, marketing or just even the likability of a program. And that's been good for him too. Not perfect, but certainly productive. Would you like to guess how many messages I got when West Virginia changed their media availability? Last Thursday from it, zero to, hey, come on in and watch practice for a while. It should be thank yous. I did. I got one thank you. I got one thank you. And then I got one that was, uh, you know, quote tweeting something about it being open uh, for now. And then a, a little eyeball emoji. So I, th- I took that one as a thank you as well. You might as well. You're welcome, everybody. Um, let's see. Sticking with football. Of all the new pieces added for football, which player will have the biggest impact next year? Throw out Daniels for the sake of conversation. That one's from J. Mole, 1989. We throw out Koba, too, because I think that's the answer. Okay, I let me. I think that's a good, a good pick, because I was feeling like the, as far as the transfers go, again, not not counting Koba, I kind of. I mean, they're all being almost all of them are being brought in to contribute right away. So it's not like we're predicting that any of these guys are going to come sit the bench. But I feel like Jasir Cox was a, a really good addition and somebody that is going to play a major role this year. Mm. So they were getting into this conversation of Jasir Cox or Lee Koba. And I hadn't thought about Koba just because since he's already on campus and, and was a, you know, quote unquote, traditional recruit, even though he was at Syracuse. So, ooh, that's a tough one. That is it. You're still you're sticking with Kobo over Cox, though. Yeah, I he's your starting Mike. He's probably going to get like 80 tackles this year, and, yeah. and he's blitzing, and and you absolutely had to have him. Um, I would say off of that first line, right? So let's just take those two guys off, and Oliver Straw, of course. Mm-hmm. I just want to see Jacoby Spells. Is that okay? I know he's not here, but like, I just, I don't believe that that second cornerback spot's closed off to anybody. And if he's as good as you think, I think, he, I mean, I think he's going to play. So as long as he's able, but like, there's no way that guy's redshirting in 2022 because of the way things go. Uh, that would be curious to me. And then I think Palendi has a chance to be really helpful. And again, those are, those are odd picks. We can go like and argue different guys who are here or who are coming in. Like maybe the receivers could be, but Palenti gives them a chance to do some things at tight end that either they couldn't do without O'Loughlin or they could do when O'Loughlin gets back that they really want to do. Um, and then I just, I'm, I've been kind of infatuated with spells for a long time. I just think that there's a chance that a freshman can play corner. 
and that he's good enough. And more importantly, I don't think there's anybody in his way who's going to keep him off the field right now. He has a lot to do with whether he plays or not, of course, but I think there's a chance there. Well, nice transition coming here, Mike, because you talk about four-star cornerback Jacoby Spells and coming in and contributing right away. I got a question from CMM0016. Outside of quarterback, if you had two four-star recruits every year, what position would you want them to be? It's a great question. Because it's a tough question. Yeah, it it really is. So you would think, okay, corner would be a great one because, again, those are the guys that can play, I think, right away if they're physically skilled, and, and that would do it. And, again, I wouldn't – I know we've talked about, like, alpha receiver, and, boy, it's great if you have a running game, but I kind of feel like you can get – quality by way of quantity at those and just what i mean by that is like look at look at their running back room right now do they have a superstar there maybe but they have more people they really like and they can do a lot with it their receivers i don't think people were like doing backflips over ford wheaton james maybe prather but you add daniels and it comes up a little bit too so i think those are things that are those are kind of like malleable positions where you can do more with more parts, or if you have the right cast around, that can do it. Um, I think corner is a great one, but man, if I could get two four-star defensive linemen every year, <laughs> like I'm not even spreading the wealth. Like I would just love to control the game on the defensive line. So a, a big guy in the middle, an end, two pass rushers, an end and a tackle, whatever. I would, I, I would think really hard about making sure that I had one of the best defensive lines, you know, every year if I could. But if you could get two every year, that's a pretty good way to do it. I mean, that's not a sexy pick. You could pick one on each side. You could pick two different positions. Uh, I'm a bit of a contrarian. Give me two defensive linemen, four stars every year. Because they don't come around here very often either. And that's not a thing that, even though we may see some of it this year, like quantity can give you quality, uh, I would much rather have the talent to start up front. So he excluded quarterback in the question, obviously. So can it go there? And then you go running back, wide receiver, cornerback, and safety. Those four spots, I feel like you can, once you get past the top crop, and I've talked about this before, I feel like everything from using the, our, our number rating from you know 70 to 100 here, with the 100 being five-star, 90 and above being four-star, everything from like 82 to... 88, those guys are, they're not interchangeable. They're Mm -hmm. obviously ranked where they are for reasons, but you're going to find guys that are better fits for your system, better fits for your offense, your defense, whatever you're trying to do, some projects that are 82s that might fit better than some 87s. So I don't think there's that big of a difference between those low to mid three stars compared to the low four stars as there is at other spots like offensive and defensive line. Those are the two most difficult positions to recruit, especially for West Virginia. So many of those spots, and especially defensive line, that's why I love that you picked two, both of them for defensive line. You know, when you talk to these recruits, it's like, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? What are you looking for in a school? And defensive linemen, more than any other position, their answer is somebody that's going to develop me for the NFL. And there are certain schools that have a recent history of that that is much better than any other program out there. And those defensive linemen continue to flock to those schools. So if you could pull defensive linemen, four-star defensive linemen, and four-star offensive linemen, that's the way I'd go. 
Would you like to take a guess at how many four-star offensive and defensive linemen combined West Virginia has signed during the internet era? So the last 22 years? Oh, man. Uh, One, two. You can can count them on one hand, I'll tell you that. I have three in my head. I have three. There are five. Oh, wow, okay. And, And this is... Offense and defense combined. Uh, Oh, my God, really? Five. And to point out, of those five, and people are like, oh, stars don't mean anything, and this and that, and all five of them are or were contributors, and three of them, at least, are all-conference, a couple of them in the NFL. Um, Your five, going back to the oldest, which would be? Josh Jenkins. Now, obviously, some knee injuries, but he was a multi-year starter for West Virginia mm-hmm. um, on some pretty good teams. So Highly recruited. I think people forget that, too. Yeah, I mean, beat out West Virginia and Ohio State. That was his final, that was his final two. I think I'm pretty certain he did the, little, the old hat trick and was about to do Ohio State and switched it to West Virginia. Uh, the next one, Quentin Spain. Multi-year oh, okay. starter. Multi-year NFL veteran. Uh, Super Bowl. Uh, starter this past season next bruce Irvin. that's one record holder multi-year starter nfl first round pick made tens of millions of dollars up next dante stills multi-year starter all conference likely in the nfl next year and most recently wyatt milam starting as a true freshman at right tackle moved to left tackle as a true sophomore this coming season so Five four stars in the trenches for West Virginia, five multi-year starters for West Virginia. They're hard to get. I mean, they're hard to keep too now because you can only have so many. Well, I should say that, but it looks like the Amarius Mims is going to stay at Georgia and not transfer. But um, they're hard to get and they're hard to keep because you can only play three, four, five at a time, offensive line, defensive line. So if you get a bunch of them, hey, you might lose them, but you can keep replenishing them. Yeah. So I think you're right. I'm with you. I'd go one and one, but I like your two on the defense and and just go with it because, yeah, that was that's good. I mean, I, I don't think they're. I, let's put it this way: I don't want to tell other people that they're wrong, but if your answer is not in the trenches, you're wrong. Yeah. Okay, just to be clear on that one right there. You want to tell uh, me I'm wrong though? I, I love telling you you're wrong. Yeah. Um. Anything else that you wanted to de- definitively discuss? Because I. I think I had one more in here that I was going to pick, but was there another one that caught your eye that I haven't touched on yet? There are a lot, but I think if in the interest of keeping these brief, we probably shouldn't go too into them, but I think a lot of the transactional stuff, and I don't know what your last question is, so maybe I'll wait, but um, I think a lot of these do overlap a little bit. That's why I'm trying to be kind of broad with my answers, but so nothing specific, but let me see what your last one is. Well, I wanted to ask you a little about this because this yesterday I was uh, busy, Easter, as a lot of people were, but... I missed the John Rothstein report or tweet or whatever it was, mm-hmm. but uh, WV Blessed asked the question in the uh, in the mail in the thread. Thoughts on Acook Cook eyeing a visit to WVU? What, what are your thoughts on that? That's it. I mean, it's a former five-star recruit, but he hasn't done anything yet in college in three in three years, right? Yeah, injured, bad injury, uh, Achilles. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of not a fit for what they're trying to do there. Like he, he had a, a promising freshman year. And then I, if, if I had this right, 
I think the Achilles happened and he came back and he wasn't quite this quite right. So that team is so athletic and so bouncy and so quick that he almost seemed like he didn't fit in perfectly there. He's like six ten. He's like that six ten, two hundred ten pound guy. Uh, he has good ball skills. I think a lot of people think he's going to end up at Providence or maybe Pitt, and Pitt's in the neighborhood, so the visit might make some sense. I'm not sure he's a fit here for that or what they want to do. I know there's a connection um, from his AAU. I think believe he's from the Northeast and West Virginia has some connections up there, so it's not a uh, just flying in blind. They do know one another, and there are some relationships there, so. It's not like they're just wasting time and letting him come in for a free meal. Let me ask you this, Chris. Where does he fit? Well, that's what, that's where I'm getting at is here. I was like, they're going to take another six foot ten, you know, two hundred pound guy. Like he's I, he's much more of like a two three than a four or five though. Yeah, like he's kind of a skillsy player, but I don't know what he's going to be able to do coming back from that. And just talking to some people and even reading some of their stuff online about him, he he just didn't look right this year, and and the numbers went down. Now, how much of that is he Achilles does? Does West Virginia have a magic wand when it comes to Achilles? And maybe that speaks to him like, oh, wait a minute. I saw what happened with uh, Cottrell. But then again, was Cottrell like this great project that turned out perfectly for everybody? No. So I don't even think there's anything like that just as far out as that may be. But it's a guy that, again, if he, if he wants to come by, you can't close the doors and say no thank you. Because who knows? Maybe it works out. Maybe he's there um, and in a, in a need or something like that. Maybe he's your 13th or 14th guy. But I look at it, I'm just thinking, like, what about the situation makes him say, yeah, that's for me. Is he going to be a 6'10", Is West Virginia going to have a just a lineup of doom that's, you know, a point, a two, and then three guys who are 6'8", 6'9", 6'10"? I don't know about that. Just, I'm not sure how that works. But then again, <laughs> like, we don't actually know how this is going to look, and they could just have, like, all these different chameleon lineups, and he'd be part of it. But uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't put a whole lot in that right now. He, I think a lot of people think he's got a destination made up and he's going to take his visits and this one may just be closer to others. But there are connections there, too. They do know each other um, from AAU. And again, you don't say no. You know how they uh, have in coaching searches when a coach doesn't work out, he gets fired and then you go in the complete opposite direction. Like, yeah, an offensive coach and didn't work out. So then you go hire a defensive coordinator or vice mm-hmm. versa. Is this what we're doing? In, is this what Bob Huggins is doing for basketball? Like, hey, yeah. that that five out offense. I'm done with that. We're, we're going four bigs, one point guard, four bigs. Let's go. I just figured out. Yeah, my favorite rule is figure it out. Like it's that easy. <laughs> uh, the other one too is, is Micah Parrish. Uh huh. We didn't know about that. I'm not saying how dare they or or, or that can't be anything we didn't know about it, but like. They were there was a lot of pomp and circumstance about some of the other guys who were visiting from you know Bell to Stevenson to Tucson. We didn't know about this one. And this is kind of a middle of the week thing. I don't know that this is going to work. I'm not sure he ends up leaving Oakland either, but I don't know where he would. I don't know. I don't know that he's quite. The, the book I've gotten on him from people up there, one person up there, is that he can he can make this jump, but he might not be ready to make the jump, and it might be a year before he's ready. Um, not a lot of intel on the WVU end or what the connection is. I think he had a double double against West Virginia this year, though. Mm-hmm. A lot of people did, though. But I don't know. I, I wouldn't... I think there was a question about, you know, if he's the 13th guy, what's the starting lineup look? I don't I don't know that he's going to be part of this. We'll see. Okay. Well, that was that was all the questions I... Not not all the good questions, because, hey, I, I, a little side note. Maybe we should take a break between these Q&As, because I will, I will say, no offense, everybody that's listening, but when we are doing them every week, the questions got a little meh after a few weeks there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but now that we've had some time in between them, there are a lot of good questions this time around. So mm-hmm. good job, everybody. Um, 
and, and I'll answer the rest of them in written form. But any more you wanted to talk about on here? I'll just say this, and this is kind of it does so up what we're talking about with basketball. And it's the first question of thread from Leighton about is it okay to feel worried about this recruiting class? And it's funny how things change because Stevenson, Tucson, you figure you're building up towards something, someone, and all of a sudden you go, Bell. Hmm. I don't I don't know that it's done yet, but that May first thing is important in that if they're gonna go to fourteen, which I think they would do, I think that they would find a way to make it work if they could find it. They kinda have to do that because they got if they're gonna jettison somebody, they have they have to be right and give that kid a chance on May first. But the other part about that is, like, I think anybody who's going to be in is probably in or or will be in the next, like, 48 hours, let's say. But then there's a huge wave of players after that. So they may be done in that they wait for number 13 for a while. I don't think they're going to add anybody right now, which means we'll have a lot of time to answer this question. But I think the bell thing does make people say, what's going on here? Like, where's the big person? Mike, you said they need players, not pieces. These look like pieces. I get it. But they still have one, maybe two left. And. That's a really good question that I don't think we can answer yet, but I understand the concern. Like, where are they getting the points? Or where are they getting a where are they getting that thing that they've lacked? Just don't know from what time frame we're we're pulling from for the thing that they lack because they do have some of the things that made them good when they were like Big East or like Big Twelve competitors. They don't have a thing that made them entertaining the past season and a half, but they might not want that. So we'll see. We'll have a lot of answers. I think with their their thirteenth maybe. 14th spot well thank, thanks for ending on a downer there mike no i, I mean that as like a stay tuned don't <laughs> don't get down like you, there's no answer yet my point is that maybe it hasn't followed the trajectory you want but maybe they're not finished yet and i just i just think that they're they're looking for something someone big but far be it for me to predict the future here i just i just think that there's there's a reason to be right in the middle of the road right now that's all i'm saying all right that's fine that's a, a nice measured approach which is not something we often see on the message board. So good job. All right. Well, we'll come back and stay measured in the future. Again, maybe a couple of weeks from now. You're right. We had some good questions. We'll see about the answers, but we'll do this again in a couple of weeks. Until then, I'm Mike Casaza. And I'm Chris Anderson. We'll talk to you next time. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, (laughs) nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.